0: Born and raised in Nottingham, my guest this week has been inspired by her mother's entrepreneurial spirit, but not before she had a long and successful career in the corporate sector. She worked for a pet food manufacturer, which she swapped eventually to work in the chocolate industry. Definitely a leap worth taking in my book, particularly as tasting the product was part of the job description. But it was the years growing up working part-time at one of her mum's salons that started to open the door to other influences. Watching, observing, experiencing customers face to face, which as the time passed, she describes feeling a whisper on her heart. But this was not a medical condition, but a kind of calling. She wasn't sure exactly what it meant, but it was what eventually inspired her to start her own business. A new venture was as a performance consultant with the aim to help business leaders transform behaviours and achieve their goals. And to change the trajectory of people's lives at work and at home. She believes we are all creators and can design the life and business we want. She said, when we harness the extraordinary capabilities of our minds, and the capacity of the human spirit anything is possible. I am so delighted she reached out to me and is now my guest today. Please welcome Rachel Edmondson-Clark. Thank you so much, (laughs) Rachel.
1: Oh Tracy that is just like the best introduction I've ever been given thank you so much and also I just want to say a huge thank you for this safe and supportive space that you offer um for all of us us. and and I guess in particular in the last few weeks as well um with that focus on women in entrepreneurship as well um this space for us to share our stories is really really special it's been enormously helpful to me and you know and I guess whilst we all know that we're not necessarily alone it can feel that way sometimes and what you create here is really special so it's my honor to be here
0: oh wow that is so lovely thank you I wasn't expecting that
1: well it's meant it's meant it really is it's it's lovely and not only that Tracy but just even in your welcome and your introduction for us today just isn't she great
0: guys (laughs) brilliant thank you so much but we're going to find out a little bit more about you Rachel now I know that most people who listen to my podcast know that I kind of like to start out by just asking my guests to give us a little bit of background about them. You know, where did life start for them? And so you, Rachel, over to you.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, well, my goodness. Well, I'm an only child, which to some people will explain an awful lot. I'm sure. Um, but I had I had a very I had a very happy childhood and, and upbringing. I was definitely 12 going on 22. I grew up surrounded by adults and, you know, kind of and being an only child as well. I'm sure that was part of it. I think I think I was about seven. Um, and you mentioned in the introduction, my mum. I think I was about seven when she opened her first hair and beauty salon and I think she must have started with about eight members of staff, but it quite quickly grew to 25 to 30 people that we had working there. And so many of them, and particularly to start with, they were all women. So they were like my older sisters. You know, they play with me. They tease me. I'd hear all of the conversations in the staff room, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, whether that was periods or boyfriends or whatever, was getting nights out drinking, whatever was going on. So it meant that I grew up pretty quickly. I had an old head on young shoulders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true, isn't
1: it? <laughs> I know, I know. And and I loved it. And I, I did love being there. Um there were times when it, you know, kind of um, I would much rather have been playing on the street with my friends back at you know back at home. Um, but no, it was it was good. And I think I was about 12 when um I mean I used to make myself busy there, you know. I would sweep the floor, I would make teas and coffees, and um, I even used to have one of the little um boxes that you have for toddlers to stand at sinks, and I used to stand on that at the back of the shampoo bowl, and I used to shampoo clients' hair. My, to my mum's horror, she would be like, These people are playing great good money and I've got like a 12 year old child and they're like oh no it's right let Rachel do it and I was so careful so careful not to wet anyone not to take any makeup off them and to give them a really you know really good quality massage with my little fingers you know (laughs) Um, so I kind of threw myself in um, to the salon and, and to working there and by the age of 13 at my request I was trained up to do reception. Um, I'd got bored of sweeping the floors and making teas and coffees, and it, you know, it was a busy, it was a busy salon. I think, you know, we must have had three hundred clients a week coming through that salon. We had, I had two telephones, um, you know, that that I would manage. In fact. Um, my my mum my mum will recall, and I don't remember this, but my mum will will tell you that apparently I sat there and went, "No, mum, I can do it. Look, let me show you." And the next time the phone rang, I just picked it up and went, "Good afternoon, Leslie Clark Keith. Oh, Rachel speaking. Can I help you?" <laughs> and so so that was it and that and I used to work so you talk about my life and you talk about kind of the growing up but I used to work I used to work every Tuesday after school I used to walk down from school and work in the salon on a Tuesday night because it was open late till seven o'clock um, and I worked there every Saturday so that was an enormous part of of my life kind of growing up and it taught me a lot about people um I mean just to try and uh, and and give a, a a little example but there was two doors off the pavement that people you know kind of before people got to me at the reception desk and it taught me so much about reading people and body language you know that I had seconds I had seconds when they walked in through that salon door to assess how they were feeling and how I could best respond to that and it taught me a lot about positively influencing others um which of course as we know is first and foremost about tuning into them and understanding what they want and what they need
0: Um, so um yeah and, um, you know, I, I was then going to ask you, because you then actually, well, it's, it's great, actually, because you say that your mother inspired you. And I can see that from an entrepreneurial point of view, but I can see from what you've just told us that um, that would have been great grounding for you to go into any business. You know, when you're hitting an office or going into that corporate sector, you know, you're hitting that office environment or that environment where there's a lot of people. You'd already kind of been used to that. So, I mean, just what you've explained there probably set you up quite well to go into that corporate arena, Um, in which case I kind of want to ask you what your experiences were like and what took you down that route to start with? Yes
1: well my mum had always said if I wanted the business I could have it
0: Um, but
1: um, I was the first member of our family to go to to go to uni and I'd seen through my parents the hard work and enormous responsibility that running your own business is and I'm not and I just want to say I'm not put off by either of those things but I wanted to try a different way I was like is there an easier way? Is there an easier way for me to (laughs) earn my living than doing what my parents had done? Um, And so I I went off to university, I did, um, I did a master's in uh, marketing and management at Loughborough. And it was at the career fairs that I completely and utterly fell in love with one company and one company only. I mean, I had this idea that I wanted to go and do a graduate type of placement where I could give myself a breadth, of knowledge across business um and I fell in love the company that I'd fallen in love with was Mars so Mars Snickers Twix Maltesers but also Whiskers Pedigree you mentioned pet food manufacturing in the introduction Caesar Sheba um Uncle Ben's Domain you know the huge 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 organized huge organization, um, and they have thousands I think of graduates apply for their for their graduate for their graduate schemes each year um, and there's there, there is actually a little side story to this which is I can remember being stood um in my in my in my room in my bedroom at university in the halls of residence with the computer screen open laptop open with the cursor blinking on the first bit of the application form to fill in for mars and i remember thinking why are they going to want me these guys could have anybody they wanted they could have they could have first you know first Um, you know kind of students that are going to get a first degree they could have people from Oxford from Cambridge why are they why would they why would they want me and this is where my experience with my mum really made a massive difference because at some point in that conversation that I was having in my own head I was like if you were Mr Mars because bear in mind it's still run by the Mars family I was like if you were Mr Mars would you want you to go and work for you and I'm like yeah, bloody would, And it's not just about like the university that I've come from or the qualifications that, I've get, that, I, that, that I get, it's everything else that I bring. And I bloody want me working for me. And so I sat down at that computer, at that laptop. And I and I and I started to fill out that application form with a whole new level of belief that actually Mr. Mars, the man at the top, absolutely. Of course he wanted me working for him. And it made such a difference in terms of, I'm sure it did now, in terms of how I approached that application. And through the, you know, there was loads and loads of, um, of assessment centers and it was pretty rigorous. but I got through, I got right to the very end. I got to the final two, was it a two day assessment center down at their head offices in Slough. And then I got the call afterwards and it was a good call and it was a call that said, Rachel, we'd love to have you come and work with us, but it's not on the graduate scheme. We think that you'd be perfect for our sales team. And I was like, what? Sales? Me? No way! <laughs> I had some awful like pre-connotations of what that meant um and um but I'd fallen in love with the organization so much funnily enough I got offered a graduate uh, place at John Lewis um but I'd fallen in love with the organization so much at that stage I was like well I'm just gonna make my own graduate scheme up then I'm gonna start in sales and uh, and, I'll, and I'll work my own way up. but the side the side story really to that is just I think how important belief is and you know kind of what we believe about ourselves what we can or what we can't do and if I didn't have that belief if I hadn't had that conversation with myself that 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 day in my you know in my halls of residence at university that well would Mr. Mars want me to work for me I wouldn't have there's no way I would have applied at, um in the way that I did and I don't think I would have been as successful as I was so that was the that was kind of the start of um of the of the corporate journey for me.
0: <laughs> and I have to, of course. I have to ask you because in my introduction, you know, obviously I mentioned the pet food and the chocolate, um, but you know, please tell me: is it true? Do you have to taste or sample the pet food? <laughs>
1: So, uh, not in the sales role, no. But what happened over the years that I was there? Um, like I said, I was wanting to carve out my own way. So I worked in sales to start off with. I did a stint in supply chain, um, and then eventually I moved back to my um, my academic roots, which was marketing. And I became brand ma- manager on Whiskers cat food. And yes, when you're in the factory, um, so the so the the food is tasted every morning. And as part of that, it is you know absolutely kind of seen that you would that you would you would try you would try the 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 cat food and it's all human grade food and
0: it's you know
1: um so yes so yes I have eaten the cat food
0: (laughs) like wine tasting do you sort of just taste it and then spit it out or do you swallow it
1: Um, you know, you don't have to swallow it. You don't have to swallow it. Um, it yes, I, I always found I remember, I remember tasting the competitors' lines and just going and, and and having this whole like rant about how terrible the competitors' products were. And then I was like, I'm not
0: really target market, am I? It's <laughs> you got a bit better once you move to, to chocolate. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, Absolutely, absolutely. So my my role at Mars was made redundant in 2008 um, and I moved to Thornton's and I stayed in the marketing side of things and I ultimately became head of product strategy Um, and yes that was absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean that factory is just like incredible absolutely incredible the variety and of course the um the, you, you know the processes that they have to make such intricate different chocolates is just amazing the MPD kitchens or the new product development kitchens I should say in, incredible absolutely incredible so yes that tasted much better and um you know I was de- I was devastated I was devastated to leave Mars I should just say this which is um like I told you I'd fallen in love with the company that had changed um, and I was absolutely devastated I cried my eyes out the day that I left but I do believe although sometimes in those moments where it's it's tough and it's dark we can't always see the silver lining um, it was absolutely there because it was um, it was at Thorntons where I met my husband Oh. my now husband and so I think you know sometimes life is sending us on these directions and we don't always understand at that time um mm-hmm. but wonderful things you know can and do come out oh,
0: yeah. no, totally. no I think you're absolutely right they're, they're there for a reason quite often and I think you know as in as you say in life as well as in a career they make us maybe move on, do something different, challenge ourselves in, in another way. And, and that's part of life's experiences, isn't it? And learning new things, you know? So um, I'd like to so start to wend our way towards you setting up your own business. And I'd like to just go back a bit. You know, you talked about working in your uh, mother's salon when you, when you were young. And, but obviously, she was a big inspiration. And I just wondered if you could just elaborate a little bit more about probably not so much when you were young was it later when you kind of started to look back and think how your mum had inspired you particularly going into business on your own yes hugely and she inspires me still like it, you know
1: even I mean she she's she's retired she doesn't have the business now she's sold that on but um it, you know I think even more so now and and I'm a mother with two young children they're um they're they're three and six and to know what she was doing now to have an appreciation of what she was doing now um it just makes it even more kind of inspiring and um so so yes yes hugely and I think I mean in terms of how she inspired me it was her vision and desire and determination to build something that made a difference in people's lives and to make that a phenomenal success. And I think that burning desire um, in all of us is so important. I mean, it fuels everything, right? You know, um, and and there was just there was never, you know, for my mom there was never any like we talk about it now, and she was like, well, there was never any question of whether I would or I wouldn't do it. She was like, I was doing it, I was doing it, and I was going to make it happen, um, you know, and, and and so that was a huge way in which um, in which she inspired me. But there's many, many, many other ways as well. I mean, she built this incredibly successful, award-winning business that is still winning awards today so the people that she sold it to are people that have worked with her with her her entire career and they now take the taken on the business and uh, and are doing that but she treated she treated staff like family so there was a really friendly culture where people would stay for their entire careers you know and that's unheard of in, in hairdressing and beauty people move a lot in that industry um she was always very firm um, but fair, I think, and so she earned respect and appreciation, not only of the staff, but also of clients as well, um, and, you know, together we kind of made people feel better, and we improved the qualities, that, with the quality of their lives, often in small ways, but sometimes in big ways, in big ways too, um, and and I think, I'll, I'll, I'll finish in just saying this, uh, lots and lots of ways she inspired me, but Growing up in the eighties, which is when this kind of was, she was one of only two women on the board of directors for that franchise. And the other woman was the daughter of the founder. So she was showing me with her actions. I was growing up in this environment where, you know, women can achieve and women do deserve that place in the boardroom. Um, So yes. I'll 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 pause there for a moment I appreciate it. I've taught, shared lots of things but yes hugely hugely inspirational to me.
0: She sounds like a lady I would love to meet she really <laughs> does
1: <laughs> oh, yeah she, she's she's incredible and, and I think that you know we were we were chatting briefly before we um before we started here you know you know she's she's been here today and she's She's been helping me sort some stuff out at home here today. It's just, she is one mega, hugely kind-hearted lady.
0: That's so great, that is so great. Now, I'd like you to uh, kind of give us a little explanation about the, I I just love that description, you know, you had a whisper on your heart and, you know, and I've said to everyone in the introduction, but please don't worry, this wasn't a medical condition, but it was calling, wasn't it, for you? And I think when we talked before, you kind of said it was there, but you weren't quite sure what it was. And then obviously that evolved and grew. Could you just give us a little insight to that and how that what and, and what that feeling was like? Because I'm wondering if other people you've given it that wonderful description, but what other people might be feeling that's a similar mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, if you would just like to share with us.
1: Well, um, the actual moment and this is the thing for me i always think that there are moments in our lives where we make decisions and there are moments that happen like that just in a heartbeat they're so you know they they're, they're quick they don't have it doesn't have to take a long time that ultimate moment that you decide mm-hmm. um and the moment for me was a shower moment so I was in the shower and I was getting ready you know normal morning getting ready to go to work um and it was and I remember it so vividly because it was the first time that I was like there is a whisper here there is a whisper on my heart that says that there's more to life than this there's more to you than this um and bear in mind i climb this career ladder that for like from when we started that journey out when I was in that room at at, at, in at university that I felt I was climbing this thing that I really wanted to achieve and I had you know I had the team I had the influence I had the the office the car I had all of these things that I I thought I wanted and it's like oh hang on a minute I'm not sure that this is it um And it was if I, it was almost as if I turned to that whisper for the very first time in that shower and just kind of said, and asked it the question almost like, so, so what is it? What are you trying to say to me? And, um, I can't remember exactly on my journey when I watched the documentary Finding Joe um, about um, Joseph Campbell, great documentary. Encourage people to look it up on, on YouTube. Is that one you've seen, Tracy? Have you watched that one? No, isn't no. it? it, it it's no, one, it's one worth a watch, particularly if this part of my story is, is resonating um, with you, then definitely check that out. And in that, and I can't remember when I'd seen that actually, but um, in that documentary, and they talk about uh, you know we're all heroes of our own lives right like we are the heroes the heroines of our own story of our own life and we all get that call to adventure and in the documentary they show it as a telephone booth and like just in the middle of nowhere a telephone booth and the and the the call coming the phone is ringing and whether or not the person in the documentary that they're following is going to go and pick up the going to go and pick up the call and we all have these times in our lives where we get the opportunity where we hear the phone ringing where we hear that, where, where we, where we either feel or get that whisper on our hearts and whether or not we actually decide to pick up the call to take that call to adventure. Um, And for me, I stepped out of that shower and and it wasn't that clear. Like I think I've said to you before, it really wasn't that clear what I was going to do, but I stepped out of that shower. And as my feet hit the bath mat, I'd made a decision that I was no longer going to go and find a job or even a career but this was about me finding a life's mission something that I could jump out of bed every morning and be passionate about and feel like it was you know really really about what I was here to do and um, and so you know that's that's what I that's what I did from that moment on and that wasn't straightforward mm. I was three years at least, and I'm still am. And let's just be honest and be real with everybody here. It's a constant evolution of learning, of uh, you know, of, of what that is. Um, but, you know, I was exploring with excitement and with possibility for those three years about what it was that was going to, you know, that was going to light me up. And And very often, you know, you answer that call and you can't always see like the path ahead of you and coming from corporate and coming from head of product strategy. Like I love the plan. (laughs) I love a three or a five year plan. Right. (laughs) And it's like, you can't see that. And it's like one way that like I've described, trying to describe it to people before. It's like this misty misty lake and you've got stepping stones and you know, the stepping stones across the lake, but you, you, all you can see is the very next stepping stone and you have to have the courage to take that next step and when you take that next step it's like a bit more of the mist clears and you can see a little bit more of the next of the path and the next step in front of you but sometimes you have to have you know faith over that fear and courage to take that step and trust that the path will reveal itself.
0: Mm. So and and what you are being saying because you took that and obviously it took you over three years but at what point did you think to yourself That's it. I'm going to be. And I think you call yourself a performance coach, but also you is transformational, isn't it? And performance coach. What was it that made you think that's that's it. That's what I'm going to be. I mean, was it at the end of the three year, year journey or was it kind of at the beginning? Yeah, no. So it it was,
1: it was continuing to almost like follow this like magical thread and just to explore what was going on. So um, one of the things that I did in that three years was I I qualified in coaching and then I explored into um, health coaching, which I started purely just because I wanted to understand more about my physical health. Um, And when I, done that people who I was working with in the corporate because I was still working corporate at this stage they could see this difference they you know they could see you know physically energetically things were transforming for me and they were like I want to be what Rachel's got (laughs) (laughs) and so I found myself unintentionally fully booked on a part-time basis working doing health coaching with clients kind of you know in 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 the you know in the evenings and and I and, and I was very much like I'm loving this this is you know I want to move more into this coaching space but and this may resonate with some listeners how do I do that how do I move from this very safe secure financial and um not just financial but you know um the situation um with this with this with this corporate career how do I transition gracefully um into doing this and, and and running running my own business and again I took the next step I didn't know exactly the path but I took the next step um and I um I got some help myself so I, got, I started working with a career coach and I remember her saying to me do you think you would ever do you think your role would ever be made redundant I was like no that would never happen I can't imagine that happening they find it really hard to get people to come and work in Derbyshire I'm not sure that that would ever happen and lo and behold as if like the universe transpires to catch us when we actually do take these steps forward um I got called into a meeting some weeks later and my role was being made redundant Mm -hmm. and (laughs) yeah yeah I obviously obviously did my very best to look solemn and concerned about the about the about the news when inside I was you know there was fireworks going off like this is it, this is the sign this is it I'm meant to go and do this thing. this is my opportunity this is what it's being given to me now and just like just like the universe wanted to just test me a little bit more, just as I was about to sign the paperwork for. Um, you know, for the redundancy. We found out that I was pregnant with my first child or our first child. <laughs> and of course, that, that's, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, is is you know, am I gonna am I actually gonna do this thing? You know, am I gonna leave, have a newborn baby, and start this thing? Is that really what I'm, is that really what I'm gonna do? Um, you know, so I think the universe is always testing. I'm gonna it.
0: interrupt you actually a little bit because what I love about this part of your story. Is if we rewind to when you left Mars and you were so upset and we and we had the tears and you, you were really, really devastated by that being made redundant. To this time you, you know, you're absolutely elated and excited. Um, and in a way, for me, that's such a transformational changing you, isn't it? From then to this point in your in your life. I I just like that connection. You just saying that made me really think about that, kind of resonated. Yeah. Just like, Absolutely
1: absolutely because and here's the thing isn't it you know it comes down to the meaning that we attach to things you know so when I was leaving Mars it meant the end for me and that was filled with such enormous sadness and yet when I was leaving Thorntons it meant the beginning of something new that i had been working for so that was filled with such excitement um as well so um so yes I think it's never I you know I, I never think it's the events that happen to us in life that make us feel how we do it's always the meanings that we attach to them and this is where we have incredible power as human beings to be able to choose those meanings um, and look at what we're focusing you know and look at what we're focusing on Um, and 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 the reason why we might want to transform that emotion is because you know that the, the emotions the beliefs which we've been talking about that those patterns of thought that's what drives our behaviours, um, you know, and if we want to we move forwards and we want to get where we want to go, I just think it's such a critical part of, you know, uh, of kind of um, that self-mastery, I guess.
0: I think also um, one thing that comes out a lot with people I speak to who run their own businesses, I think one is you do absolutely have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, and, and I can see that just in the way you talk about it, and, and the fact, that you, the way you're telling your story as well. I mean, there's so much energy and passion, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, and, you know, and then I think the other thing is um, a lot of people say to me, you know, and and, and the same as your, your story again, is it's interesting, isn't it? While you were still in the corporate arena, you had actually started in a way your own business. This thing that you had gone on to learn something else, which you could then share with others. And you were doing that in your spare time and how that kind of triggered. So you, you're kind of experimenting, aren't you? And gaining that experience before you go, right, this is it, this is what I'm doing, you know, 24 seven kind of thing.
1: Yes 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 i was i was and i know that that's not everybody's journey but that worked that worked really well for me because i was still kind of figuring it out like i said i didn't didn't start health coaching thinking that's what i wanted that's what i wanted to be um or that's what i wanted to do um um but it, you know it 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 was how it naturally how it naturally progressed mm.
0: So you are going out on your own, all very new, you're being made redundant, you're going to start your new business, and you're going to have your first child. (laughs) You you know, I like to ask people because I think quite often when you're doing things, um, and you're setting out on your own, you know, you are you, you are the business, you know, there isn't really anyone else, generally speaking. And a lot of people can feel very overwhelmed, um, and especially, obviously, in, in this in this series, you're know, talking to women, what often that is running family, running a home, you know, running their business. So how did you ever feel overwhelmed, Rachel? And, and if so, how did you deal with that? Did you share with us, please?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did I ever feel overwhelmed? Of course. Do I still feel overwhelmed at times? Yes, of course. <laughs> so, um, Yes we were you know as you say when you're you know kind of when you're you know when you're starting your business you wear I I like to keep it simple in kind of thinking of the three hats you know so you've got a marketing hat you've got a sales hat and then you've got the fulfillment hat in terms of like whatever it is that you're you know that you're actually delivering or doing or providing um you know kind of for your customers and and I guess all the operational side that goes along with that would fit in there as well um and I was really lucky wasn't I you know I came from a marketing background and even a sales background and hey I'm now doing the thing for fulfillment that I absolutely love doing but you know what It can mm. still be really bloody hard um and um I think the things that help me when I'm in overwhelm there's a number of them um but the first thing I think is one of the things that we can do is we kind of think that there's like 101 things in our heads <laughs> and so I like I can't think of more than three things. I'm going to be dead honest. I, some people can think of five, maybe even seven, but like, like me three and that's about it. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done. So, um, yeah. So if I ever feel myself getting overwhelmed, I kind of try and take it back to you. Like what are the three most important things, um, that I you know kind of that I need to that I need to do and that I need to focus on to get me where I want to go and what are those things that are going to really move the needle um the most um so that's that's kind of helpful thinking of things in bigger chunks rather than all of these little things I've got to do let me just think about them in bigger in, in bigger pieces um the other one is that not to-do list you know um I think A lot of us create lists of things to do but a habit that I started um a good couple of years ago now is each you know kind of one like each week or whenever I'm reviewing it's like what am I not gonna do um uh, you know and and it doesn't mean it doesn't get done it might mean that that gets delegated so it could be delegation it might mean that I automate it in some in some way I might set up a piece of software or I don't know even if it's like washing up I'm not Wash up, I'm going stick in the dishwasher. You know, but so I kind of just think about like the automation. And sometimes it's do you know what? This just needs eliminating, like it's not worth it. <laughs> and so, so I think I think that's um, I, I think that's helpful. And the third thing, because I remember only three things, you know, you know, I'm a girl of only three things. The third thing that I would say um that's been enormously helpful for me in terms of being overwhelmed is social media, and I switched off all my notifications on social media, um, probably about a year ago, and it has been the best thing ever. (laughs) And so what that means is I obviously use social media an awful lot um, and I use it personally and for business and it's an incredibly, amazingly powerful, powerful tool. But instead of, you know where you get like the the little red dot that tells you you've got a number of notifications on? It doesn't do that anymore. It means that when I go into social media, it's because I'm having a conscious moment of, right, this is where I want to go into social media and so that I can do the things that I need to do And it stops me getting distracted um, and sucked in, as as we can so often do. So, um, yeah, so turning those notifications off has also been life-giving to me um, and helping me not feel so overwhelmed.
0: No, no, some very good points there, actually. And interestingly enough, um, one of my previous guests on this podcast also has a not-to-do list. And that, that was a really key thing for her. And, and I just love that. I just really, really love that um, piece. Well, it's a piece of advice, but a thing to do to stop being overwhelmed. Um, I haven't started mine yet, but I've got to. I've absolutely got to. Um, mm-hmm. Rachel, would you just like to explain to us, please, what a performance consultant does and what are your t- or who are your typical clients?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, in terms of a performance consultant, it's really interesting, because, you know, we talk about being ever evolving, and I am ever evolving how I describe what I what I do. Um, But essentially, I'm sure like you, Tracy, I do an awful lot of listening. Is what I do. Uh, first of all, listening to really understand what people's um, and businesses' challenges and, and problems are, and even sometimes the opportunities that they're wanting to move further, faster towards. Um, and then it's about helping them implement those changes that get them where they want to go. And I guess the piece that the piece that I'm incredibly passionate about is. I like to think of myself as like a practical psychologist, which is it's like we've been talking about that level of thought, feeling and belief that drives those behaviors. Like how, how do you make change? How do each of us make change in our own business, in our own lives? so that that actually sticks, and that becomes the new habit and the new way of you know the new way of working. Um, and so typically, I help businesses do that. So I work with leaders, and their teams to help them change behaviors and to do that without resistance. Um, but i also work with a small handful of people on a one on one basis as well and that can be really varied in terms of the stuff that i end up supporting people it surprises me sometimes actually what you kind of you end up getting in getting involved in it nearly always starts from um a business perspective but i'm sure as you as, as you experience as well tracy you know we aren't separate from our businesses um and what's going in you know going on within our lives is also really really important to be able to support whatever we're doing in a professional capacity
0: as well and actually from my my perspective um going and helping my clients the big thing for me is always getting to know that person first because I think you know when you're advising or becoming part of a a business but you have to do it in a way that's actually right for that person or that business owner you know and i great believer in that one size doesn't fit all actually and you have to really accommodate them and then then you can build a plan with them that you know is going to work for them um and and that, and actually I do find that quite a fascinating part of, of what I do actually um yeah sort of what I call the nitty-gritty business part of it you do do you need to do some of that personal assessment first um he-
1: you do, you do. It, 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 it's. I think it is. It's. It's absolutely. It, it, it's critical. And so, uh, how that often manifests itself for me is that I'll be creating bespoke training, um, for groups and for teams. Um, you know, that absolutely kind of fits fits their you know fits their needs. Um, and. You know, we talk about typical clients, but you know, I've worked with, um, I've worked with huge multi-million-dollar international organisations. But then I've also provided group training for sole traders. It's, um, you know, done a done 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 a full range. But I would say this, and that is that they one of the things that they all have in common is that they're compassionate, they're empathetic, and they care deeply about others and about being the best that they can be. Um. And, 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 and quite frankly, um, if they're not in that space, I don't want to work with them anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, and isn't that one of the advantages, though, as well, Rachel, about, you know, working for yourself and running your own business, you can pick your clients or you can at least choose who you wish to work with, um, which I think is is such a bonus. So uh, that leads me on to my next question, actually. I, I just wondered if you would like to share... Maybe some of the challenges for you of running your own business, and what some of the successes have been. And I know that success is very different for a lot of people, so I'm always intrigued to find out what they might be. Well, wow, challenges
1: where would you like to start? Marketing, sales, burnout, perfectionism, overthinking, fear like. <laughs> We could talk all day about that. We could talk all day. Um, But oh my goodness. (laughs) um so lots and lots and lots of challenges um I mean even from a marketing and a sales perspective obviously you know you understand my background and but then to to do that for yourself it, is a is a is a real challenge and finding the right words and um and putting yourself out there and having that fear of of, of judgment and that fear of you know not being not being good enough sometimes and um all of that shows up and here's the thing I know it shows up for all of us um it you know it really it, it really does um I have to remind myself frequently that people um you know particularly if you're doing from a marketing perspective like people don't really care that much what they care about is themselves like not this I don't say this in a self way people care about themselves and it's like well actually what can I share that is useful to somebody or that is you know, might be entertaining to them in in some way. Um, But actually, they don't really care that much about me. Like, of course, we have... We have a, like, amazing clients who do care about us, but you know, when you're in that marketing stage and people are getting to know, like, and trust you, like, they don't actually really care about you that much. Um, so it doesn't really matter too much. So if anybody is out there and think and feeling nervous about putting their marketing out there or, um, you know, kind of uh, talking about what they do, then I would, yeah, just, I have to remind myself, nobody actually really cares. I just want to know, can you help them? <laughs> um so uh yeah that but I've 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 also suffered from burnout
0: oh right um
1: and I've got this young family and you know I have put myself under tremendous pressure Mm -hmm. where I've treated myself horribly I you know in ways that I would never treat somebody else I would work late I'd not take breaks to like eat and go to the Mm -hmm. toilet and and for me the thing that change that and transform that is, is being, is is about having some really good habits um, and establishing those. And they've taken a while to establish. Um, But, you know, a couple of them are things like I go to I go to bed with a great big bottle of water by the side of my bed. And when I wake up, I drink that while I'm reading a a book that's feeding my mind. And I do that before I pick up my my phone or anything, you know, anything else. I go for a walk now most days. It doesn't happen every day. But most days I go for a walk and I get out in nature and I get the fresh air. Um, I have a cut off bedtime. Now, I, this sounds a bit boring, doesn't it? But this is the stuff we have to do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like I must absolutely be in bed by eleven o'clock. It must not be later than that. I have a young family, and um, I, you know, throw everything into my work as well. So, so yeah, yes. Yeah. So there's there's a few things. Um,
0: there's there's a there's a few things there. Yeah. And, and what about the successes? There, have you you know how have you measured your success and I, and, and you know what I mean here I don't I'm asking you know for business data or anything like that but it's generally what's kind of made you smile and thought oh wow, I, I, that was a good day
1: <laughs> yeah it's the difference it's the positive difference that you make to that you make to other people and to their lives and so um it when it's you know it's when they message you and they say, oh my goodness, this has made such a huge difference to me. Um, I do um, I, I, I do quite a lot of stuff, um, particularly in, in recent times. So you may well be aware, Tracy, that Thorntons that I used to work with, they actually closed their retail estate down um, here in the UK. So it affected about 500 people in March last year. And so I've tried to do an awful lot of work with those guys to help support them kind of through this challenging time that's, you know, not being paid for at all. But when you hear from people that you don't that you don't realise that they're there, you don't realise that they're watching or that they've seen what you've been putting out there, what you've been doing, and they message you and they go, oh, my gosh, you've helped me so much. I've got this job. It's changed my life. I was in such a dark place, blah, blah, blah. Um, that makes a difference.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's really, really nice and good for you. I mean, that's, that's a really nice thing to do. And there's always something about giving back, isn't there? We're all, I think we're all always in a position to give something back to others when, when, when they need it. And likewise, hopefully, you know, people are there for us when, when we need it. It does make such a difference. So, Rachel, I know I'm asking you lots of questions. I'm absolutely bombarding you. I know we are, we are, we are getting there. So I just to get a little bit more about Rachel. So what do you do? You say you go, you like to sort of now you give yourself a bit of time and you go for a walk most days. What else do you do to relax apart from being in bed before 11?
1: obviously obviously time with my boys um so my husband and family um we have a little caravan and we love to go off and you know kind of explore we're off to scotland and and wales this year um and as i said i love the outdoors and and nature um but like the sad slightly sad thing about is, i'm a bit of a personal development junkie so i read a book a week or at least i try to read a book a week and so sitting down on a weekend in the afternoon and kind of of reading while the kids are chilling out watching movie or playing is kind of one of the things that I absolutely love to do um you know like we said at the beginning this is a life's mission it's not work and so yeah I I, I love to feed my mind and learn and grow because one of my favorite sayings is, is that if we're not growing we're dying or we're dead like I don't believe that there's plateaus in life um we stay still for for too long you, start to, you know you start you've got to go one way or the other so um
0: so yeah
1: so I'm I'm always looking to feed my mind and and to and to do that
0: lovely great so um Rachel would you just like to share with the listeners exactly how they can find you or contact you you know where they can follow you yeah no
1: problem so I love to hang out on LinkedIn it's probably my my favorite space as you've perhaps gathered from you know the type of people that I work with and what I do so definitely find me on LinkedIn but I'm also on Facebook and TikTok too and just Rachel Edmondson Clark there aren't many of us that long a complicated name out there so um yeah <laughs> you'll find
0: me <laughs> so what's the future Rachel what's the future do you have your you said you you like planning so what's what's the plan oh well well I did like planning and I do like a plan I do like a plan
1: but I think in the you know in the uncertain times that we are in um I feel that more and more it's about us being flexible and agile and you know and being responsive to kind of Um, what's happening. Yes, absolutely. We don't always just want to be in response mode. Um, But I think that I think that that is really, really, really important to be agile and flexible. Um, But I mean, you know, I, I guess The business is one of the ways that I fulfill what I would describe as my soul's contract, which, as you probably gathered from talking to me, is about being ever-evolving. It's about being true to my heart, true to my spirit and enjoying the journey along the way. Um, And that means, I think, being open to possibility and opportunity. Um, But I'm also really, really clear that it's about making a positive difference in in a way that's aligned with my heart and my soul. And so I think for me, the future, so where that could take me in the future, like who knows, there's lots of things, but one of the things that I hope it will hold for me is that I'd love to do more speaking and group work um, so I can somehow make a difference to more people and to find ways that, you know, that I can still have a depth of impact um as well as that so as you know as we reach out to more people but actually how do we still make sure that that impact that that change that that um yeah that 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 thing that thing shifts inside them um so yeah i'd love to learn more and to do more in that in that arena
0: oh well best of luck with that and i'm sure you will succeed i'm absolutely sure you will succeed in that no doubt um so we are at the end, just about, of this podcast. Thank you so much again. But one final question of every guest I ask, and that is, do you have one piece of advice? Now, I do allow more than one, but we can keep two. <laughs> but maybe a piece of advice to someone who might be thinking about doing what you've done or a career change or, or setting up on their own. Mm, yeah, I would say... I'd say don't be fooled, Um,
1: I think there's a lot of marketing out there at the moment that wants to tell you, um, you know, how quickly things can happen, but you know, uh, you you know, and make Six figures and um, you, you know, thousands of each month, and and all of this, and all of this kind of thing. And whilst I'm never saying never, and that those things absolutely might be true for some people, I think the truth is those principles that we often all know, which is like hard work, determination, that burning desire that we talked about at the beginning. Um, you know, and coming at it day after day after day is something that, um, um, you know we sometimes we have to you know you have to put the work in you want to transform your body you've got to put the work in with what you eat with how you move it and you know how you look after it and it's no different with your business I think um, and I think so often in it, I'm going to sound really old when I say this but in today's day and age that we're always looking for the quick fix for you know like the the, the quick thing so so um so my piece of advice would be you know, make sure that that burning desire. You know, it really is something that you want to get after. You've got a really strong reason as to why you're wanting to build that business and 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 go after it, and be prepared to put the work in. Maybe even for, th- maybe even thinking like three to five years the work in um you know to um to, to to do that so um so yeah and I think the final thing I would just say is that if you've got a skill gap in any area so we talked about the three hats didn't we we talked about the marketing hat sales hat and the fulfillment hat if you feel as though you've got a gap in any of those areas then work out how to close it um and go and get the support that you need to you know to close that to close that gap so um yeah we don't i don't think we build businesses on our own um we have we have support networks um and it's so vitally important which is why what you do here tracy is i think so important and so um so so yes reach out and get that support and close that gap
0: don't struggle well great advice thank you so much rachel And thank you so much again for being a guest on my With Tracer podcast, Rachel Edmondson-Clark. It's been an absolute delight. We've never met before and it's just, but it doesn't feel like that somehow. It it doesn't. And I'm, you know, it's been wonderful for you to share your story and some of your insights and your learnings. Um, It's been really, really great. Thank you so much, Rachel.
1: Well, it has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Tracy.